0: Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you, through these dynamic stories, about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast. Welcome to the Unborn Movement podcast. I'm excited for today's podcast with Anita Kegi. Anita, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be a part of this today. Thank you for thinking of me. Well, you know what? You've got a great story, a great life, and I want to share it with my listeners, just what God has done and is doing in your life. Now, Anita, you we have met you before. In season one of our podcasts, we aired the Facebook Live that we did when you told your story. Arlene Gabrielson, one of our unborn team members, she interviewed you and it was a fantastic interview. So this is our second time to have you on board. You're in season one. I believe it's episode number 14. For those of you who want more of her story, you can go back to season one and number 14. So today... We're going to start off, Anita, with your Joy Shop Ministries. What a name for a ministry, Joy Shop. How did that name come to be? Well, that's such a great question because uh, as I was seeking
1: God daily, which was a new habit I had formed in my late 40s, like I was a God seeker, but I spent time with him when it suited me which wasn't consistent at all. And once God spoke over my heart uh, in my struggles with life and I had cried out to him, why wasn't I experiencing the abundant life that he promised us in John ten ten, I heard him say in my heart, Anita, you're not seeking me first. You know, I know you love me and you have a desire to have me in your life, but you're not prioritizing our relationship." So why don't you try that? Prioritize our relationship and see what happens in your life. So I began the daily discipline of starting every morning with Jesus, you know, just going to my chair. I had my coffee, I had my Bible, and I would just spend time in his word. And I never missed a day because I was so hungry for him. And so As the time went on, and I wanted to teach others this basic, simple discipline, because it was life-changing for me, I thought, what am I going to call this uh, little workshop? Because that's what it was going to be, a workshop on how to seek God first. And so when I thought about what were the things that I noticed had changed most in my life as a result of prioritizing daily time in his word and fellowship with him, The two words that popped out were, wow, I've gotten joy back in my life and I've experienced real life, you know, the abundant life, the eternal life that Jesus promised. So I couldn't, I was fluctuating, joy shop or life shop. And so I went into my, what I thought was the only workshop I would ever do at my church. And I wrote on the board real big, the word workshop. And told them that we're going to be working today, but it's going to turn into, and I meant to say, life shop, like I crossed out the word work, and was going to say, this is a life shop. But instead, joy came out that this is a joy shop. (laughs) And so when that uh, seminar was over that morning, I had so many people come up to me and say, we love this joy shop. This is awesome. You need to go to other churches. I was like, well, yeah, it was kind of fun. I did enjoy it. So I just started calling it joy shop, not knowing, you know, that it was going to turn into something much bigger than that initial Saturday. So that's where joy shop came from.
0: That just overwhelms my spirit because God speaks to us in such a very detailed ways. And it would be so easy for you to have missed that, Uh, you know, and yet you were seeking him and, uh, and he was answering you before you even knew you needed a a name for a a workshop. That is wonderful. So tell me, what is the book that has come out of that joy shop? Or there are several books I know, but explain that to us now.
1: Well, I have uh, one book that's out, another one that's in the formatting stages. It's written, but we're still in the interior design part of it and everything. But uh, the first book was my story of a teenage pregnancy that was not planned. I was not married. And as my story evolved... I had so many people say, you need to tell your story in book form. And I was like, who has time to write a book, you know, and would anyone even read it? And because it's a lot of work, as you know, uh, to tell stories and put them in book format. But I had prayed for a sign that God would lead me. Like, it's like, Lord, if you want me to write a book, you're going to have to really give me like a major clear sign, you know, so clear that I know I have to do it. And, you know, it's crazy how God in his goodness works. He gave me such a clear sign that I knew I had to write it. And the book is called The File, A Mother and Child's Life-Changing Reunion, based on the story of loss, of placing a baby for adoption. And back in the ancient days, it was Uh, adoptions were closed, mostly. And so when my little girl was born, I did not get to see her or hold her. And uh, for 21 years, I didn't know where she was. Mm -hmm. And the story is what led up to our reunion, which was Mm -hmm. the file that I started at the adoption agency.
0: Wow, this, as you can tell, to all my listeners, this story has is filled with an intrigue and suspense and loss and grief and pain and, and shame. Mm-hmm. And yet we started off this uh, podcast today talking about where you are now in this right. joy shop. So we're going to come back to your story. But I want to pursue the the book that you're using. I believe it's called Seeking God First, which kind of unfolds from this joy shop idea. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about this book? Because I'm not sure that the majority of people, believers and unbelievers, understand the power of God's way, the power of seeking him, the power of his word. So could you tell us just a little bit about what the Seeking God First book is about?
1: Yeah, it's basically... Uh, my Bible study series that I have in a DVD format, it can be accessed on right now media. If anyone uh, has that, you can find the series. It's called the joy of seeking God first. And it's a six session video with a companion workbook that basically I teach how to seek God first. And uh, after having such, I mean, really literally thousands of people responding how this has impacted their life by choosing daily the discipline of spending time with God first, prioritizing that relationship. I realized that I needed to get the series in a book format. So the book is called Seeking God First. Uh, I think the subtitle is a practical plan for peace and joy in your life. And I, what, I did, and I'll say what we did. I hired a ghostwriter to help me with the book. Uh, we we pulled out pieces of the series and put it in an outline in a book. It's not the total Bible study series, but it was what we felt was most relevant for today, and so. Uh, Really, I I just teach the importance, you know, of prioritizing being in the word every day. I share the tips of what kept me being persistent. You know, I was a part-time seeker for most of my Christian life. And like
0: I said, yes. Part-time seeker. Yeah.
1: In other words, I'll spend time with you, God, when I feel like it or when it suits me or when I have time. And what I didn't understand was that in essence, I was saying to the father, you're not important enough to spend time. And uh, I'll never forget one day, I was thinking about my adult children, which I have four and they all live within a two mile radius of me, what a blessing. But I thought about how as an adult, uh, as an older parent, and your kids are grown, how much it blesses my heart when one of my adult children just stops in to just talk for a little bit, just to hang out. And you know, my children weren't perfect, and they're still not, but it didn't matter. I love my children unconditionally. And just the thought that they want to spend a little time with me just makes me feel so loved. And I'm like, oh, my word, my actions for years have really shown my Heavenly Father that I don't love him like I say I do, because I just never had time to sit and be with him. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I fa- fail him every day. But you know what? I know that when I show up to spend time with him every morning, I am showing him how much I love him. And you see, that's something I can do. I can sit and spend time with my heavenly father to bless his heart and show him how much I love him. So at the heart of the book, it's just I want people to understand this is the best relationship you could ever prioritize. And if you prioritize that morning time with him, or whatever is your best time, I don't like to get hung up on it has to be early in the morning. But for Mm -hmm. me, that's the best time. It doesn't get done if I don't do it then. But the key is when are you at your best? That's the time you give your heavenly father. And I have just learned over the years, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter the circumstances, uh, because we all deal with stuff that's messy. He is with me and I carry his peace and joy with me in my heart, in my challenges of life. And it all stems from that time with him every day. So that's the focus of my book. You know, open the word prioritize just sitting with your father. I mean, it's the best part of my day. And uh, we're nuts when we deprive ourselves of the relationship that brings the most joy and peace to our lives. So that's what
0: it's about. Wow! What great words. And, And Anita, have you found that as you prioritize this special time, this appointment with the Lord in the morning, or whatever time someone would choose, that he gives you the time to get done those things that need to be done. Have you found that?
1: Absolutely. It makes me laugh because I (laughs) used to have this big list, you know, I got to get this, this, this done. And then I'll meet with the Lord. I mean, it's just a deceptive lie that we believe that, we just have all the stuff that just is so urgent. We have to get it done. But you all know when we do the urgent, it crowds out the important. And so, absolutely, I have found that God rewards when you spend time with Him. He enables you to get done the things that need to get done, and it gets done better and quicker. To be honest,
0: you know, yeah. it's a win-win when you prioritize yeah. time with Him. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, just to just to encourage some of our listeners, because this may sound a bit overwhelming for those that have never done this, but you know, five minutes is a good start. I remember when I started my in-depth journey back in the 80s, and uh, young children in the home, and so I made this commitment to get up earlier than they were getting up, which was too early for me, but... But, and I just chose a chair, a place to go. That chair was my kind of appointment chair. And I remember the first morning just being so excited and kneeling down to pray. And within, within minutes I was sound asleep. And that went on for a few days and I was so discouraged. I thought, I can't do it, I'm obviously too tired. And then it occurred to me that God loved me because I had made time to meet with him. Right. And, and somehow that was a release. And from that point on, I began to take a journal with me. As I knelt down, I began to write. And so, you know, these are just ideas for people to right. use because right. it's very overwhelming if you've never done it. But hey, once you get into it, I cannot get along without it either, oh, Anita. Mm-hmm. And I just love the way that you have put this into book form. I have a good friend, a mutual friend, Arlene, that was looking for a book to go deeper, and she found Seeking God First. And by the way, I, I was introduced to you by Right Now Media. Because uh, Arlene told me that you had a series on there, and I went uh, before you were on our Facebook Live last year. I wanted to know, who is this woman? And I was so intrigued. I took my journal, and I did follow through with yeah. your suggestions. And uh, I recommend this highly to my listeners today. Do you want more joy in your life? Do you want more peace in your life? Do you want to be able to live the abundant life that we are called to in a crazy world? Well, Anita, now tell us how we can get in uh, your materials, your website. Give us a little bit of that information before we go on.
1: Okay. Uh, Yes, my website is joyshop.org, one word, J-O-Y-S-H-O-P, and you can order the DVD series. You can order a copy of my first book, The File, right now. The second book is not out yet. But you can basically find my materials at my website. And if you have access to Right Now Media, that's amazing. That's a bonus. Uh, You can find the series on that. And you can actually go to the website and order the companion workbook that goes with the series, which is a very powerful workbook, if I must say uh, myself. It just has a lot of good material in it for you to go back and look at. You know, after you've done the series, it's just something to keep you encouraged uh, to be in God's word. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about knowing God. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's... That's so great. So Joy Shop, give us your website one more time. Yes. Joyshop.org. org. That's important. Yes. So Joy Shop, don't we all want more of that joy? Wow. And so we're going to go back now because... That first book, The File, I am so intrigued with your book and with the story that you have to tell, because as I look at you now, and we've grown in our friendship, but as I look at you now, I think God, uh, and I think it was Charles Spurgeon said that when God wants to use a man or woman, he has to break him to pieces first. Mm -hmm. And I think that you would, would say, even though I'm probably not saying that exactly correctly, that there is a breaking point in our lives in order for us to have the compassion to serve in order to have the humility to serve and all of those attributes that are so christ-like so let's go back to the file you were a pastor's daughter and i'm a pastor's daughter and boy there are some uh hugely uh, difficult uh, ex- experiences combined with that uh, role although it's an honorable role but here you were 17 years old and pregnant. Tell us a little bit about what was going on in your mind when you discovered that it wasn't uh, uh, a period that was uh, uh, late, but it was a pregnancy that was forming within your womb.
1: Well, I was 17 and I had no thoughts that I could ever be pregnant because I was missing my period because the casual relationship I had with a guy, in my mind, we had went really far one night, but we had not what I thought had sexual intercourse. There was no actual penetration in my estimation. And so uh, so to go to the doctor and hear that I was pregnant, I was really blown away. And uh, my parents, of course, this was devastating to them. Uh, that I think that was one of the most painful parts for me was uh, sharing it with my parents that I was pregnant. And at that point, it was 1974. So abortion had just become legal in 73. And I remember in my senior year of high school, writing a paper on why abortion is not good. You know, it is taking a life. And I, in In my upbringing, in my reading of scripture, in my heart, I knew abortion was taking a life. But interesting how when you find yourself in those shoes, for me, that was one of the first options that popped up. And it was like I started buying into that lie, you know, the little whisper that said, man, you just you just need to get an abortion because that is the only way out of this mess that you have now gotten yourself in and your family and your dad, he's a pastor. We were new to church. He could lose his job. And you know, all these things from a 17 year old's perspective were overwhelming. And so I bought into that lie. I went into my parents and said, I think I need to get an abortion. That's the only way out of this mess. Now, as I'm saying that in my heart, it's not what I want to do. But I felt that was the best solution, you know. And so uh, I say this in humility, that uh, if it hadn't been for my parents who cared more about my heart than their reputation, I probably would have had an abortion. Mm -hmm. But with their love for me, and I knew that they loved me they said, Anita, that is not one of your options. You know, we cannot let you go that route because we know your tender conscience and we know how years later you will feel uh, if you go through with abortion. So they told me I need to go back to the drawing board, so to speak. And so That is what I did. There's a verse in the Bible. I knew my Bible. I read my Bible as a teenager. And there's a passage in Matthew where Jesus says, go into your closet and pray to your father in secret. Uh, That's my rough translation. of it. And so that's literally what I did. I went into my bedroom closet and I cried out to God for help. I knew it wasn't his fault. I was pregnant. And I asked his forgiveness that I had went my own way over, you know, obeying what I knew in my heart. I had been taught, save yourself, you know, till you're married. And so I asked him for wisdom and I said, I needed his help. What's the best plan for my baby? And I did not hear an audible voice, but I heard in my heart. Him speaking there saying, Anita, the best plan for your child is to place your child for adoption. Wow. And the reason I felt that was God speaking to me was because of the peace that just came over my heart. Like there, I can't explain it. There was just such a peace that just came down over me that I knew that he was asking me to trust him, Mm -hmm. that he had a plan for this child and that it would be good. And that I was to place my child for adoption and leave it all up to him. In fact, when I told my youngest sister I was pregnant, which was hard for me to do to tell my siblings, I had four siblings. Uh, The first thing out of her mouth was, Anita, you know that all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord. So don't worry, Anita.
0: This wow. will all
1: work out. Now, of course, um, I didn't want to burst her bubble, and I, but in my head, I was thinking, there is no way God will ever be able to use this yeah. for his glory. Yeah, no way. But I didn't say it because I so appreciated her heart. And so with that then uh, began in my book, I call it, um, oh, what's the, ch- the waiting time? You know, like when you're in jail and you're just waiting. Uh, I began uh, the six month waiting period uh, till my baby would be born. And uh, I hope I, I don't know if this is the time to share this, but Ruth, I the whole purpose I wrote my book was for this one thing talking about the file uh as time went on as my baby was growing i fell in love with my child Mm -hmm. the closer we got to the due date i wanted to keep my baby uh but the lord allowed me to hear a quote on the radio that said uh the the pastor said never doubt in the dark what god has told
0: you in the light would you repeat that anita because that is one of the quotes that, that really uh, gripped my heart. And I want my listeners to make sure they don't miss this. Yes. Because this is the emotional roller coaster yes. that we are right. often on in making difficult decisions. So expand exactly. on that just a little bit.
1: Yes, I'm happy to do that. Uh, like, I was driving down the road crying And I had the radio on and I was crying out to God, God, I can't go through with this. I want to keep my baby. And my parents would have supported me if I would have said I've changed my mind. But as I'm crying to him saying, I don't think I can go through this. The radio was on and I don't know what the man was talking about, but I heard this one sentence loud and clear. He said, never doubt in the dark. What God has told you in the light. And when I heard that statement, I felt God was saying to me, Anita, when you were in the closet praying, asking for my wisdom, I gave you the best plan for your child. But now your emotions are taking you into the dark and it's going to get darker. So hang on to what I told you in the light of that closet. And I can honestly say, if it hadn't been for that moment of, I kind of call it the seal the deal moment. I knew that no matter what my emotions were going to tell me on the day of delivery, I would stick with the plan.
0: Wow. And he,
1: he was right. I'll tell you, giving birth to a little girl, not getting to see her, hearing her cry, and then knowing the nurses are taking a piece of you away wow, was a huge loss in my life. I still cry about it today, even yes, though yes. God has been so good. It was, it was a loss in the same way that abortion is a loss placing a child for adoption. It's a different kind of loss. Yes. And yeah. so uh, the hardest day of my life was the day I left the hospital without my little girl. But wow. you know what? I made the choice. I'm trusting God. Yeah. I don't know the outcome. I hope someday I get to meet her. But until that happens, I have to trust God that he's picked the most amazing parents for my daughter and that she will be braced to love God with all her heart, which years later I would find out she was. And, um, but the reason I tell my story in book form is because even though I placed her for adoption and I went on with my life, I went to college, I got married, I had four children. My husband and I had four children of our own. I never forgot my daughter. And over that whole time, I thought, Lord, I wanna make it easy for her to find me if she ever does. And so I called the agency and asked, well, actually, I just updated my records. I said, I want to make it easy for her to find me. I gave my married name, my address, and my phone number. And it was in that phone call they told me that I could start a file at the agency for my daughter, that I could send in letters, pictures. They would put it in the file. And when she turned 18, legally from that point on, if she ever reached out to them for information about her birth family, they could give her the file. Wow. I was so (laughs) excited that I had a way to let her know how much I loved her and how that someday I would hope she would be open to a relationship with me. And of course, time went on. And when she turned 21, you'll just have to read my book. I'm not going to tell you all the details. Uh, But she did find out about the file. uh, And here's to me, one of the key points uh, for my story in the book. When she found out about the file, she wasn't ready for it right away. She needed Mm -hmm. time to process. But she agreed that she would send me a letter through the agency to let me know how she was doing and when that letter came I share it I show it at every audience where I speak you know in public I pull out the letter because that letter was and still is a treasure to me but at that time I didn't know if I'd ever get another one Ruth this was the only letter I had and I say do you think I read it one time and put it down and said well that was mine no I read that letter over and over for the joy of knowing my daughter, because I didn't know if I would meet her face to face on this earth. Wow. And so the parallel for me is after I did finally meet my daughter, and one day I was reading in scripture, Acts 17. And all of a sudden, it's where uh, Paul's telling me of hymns, that God created everybody to seek him and to find him. And he's not that far away that God began the download on my heart. And he said, Anita, just like you wanted your daughter to seek you and find you, I want my children to seek me and find me. And just you <laughs> started a file with letters telling her how loved you were she was and that you wanted to be in, in her life. I have a file for my children, my Bible, that's my file. And the same reason you put letters in your file are the same reason I put letters in my file. I want my children to know how much I love them and I want to be a part of their life. I want to be in a relationship with them. But like you, you couldn't make your daughter get the file or read the letters or want to find you. I can't make my children either. And you know what that feels like. And he also convicted me and said, you don't read my letters like you read hers. And Mm. I think that's the point I want to leave with the audience today. You see, for years, I read my Bible out of obligation or that's what a good Christian does. They read their Bible. And you know what? That becomes a chore. I had lost sight of that. I am to read his letters for the joy of knowing him. Just like I did my daughter's letters, you know, I didn't know if I'd ever meet her face to face until heaven. But having those letters was the only way I could get to know her. And it's the same with God, our father. I won't see him face to face till I get to heaven. But these letters are what I have right now to make me excited for that reunion. You know, when I meet him, these, this is how I can know God now. until I see him face to face. And that's what I want to leave with the audience. You can know God as much as you want, but you have to choose to open that file and read his letters of love and read it for the joy. You just want to know him. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can tell you that your sister, when she said all things work together for good, even though you didn't believe it at that point, it was so true because every aspect of this story as hard it has been is part of your ministry today yes, and part is. of how you've been able to develop this understanding yes. of mm-hmm. what it is to have letters sitting there not being read yeah. i pray yeah. that each listener today that you are getting a glimpse into the joy of seeking god's first seeking god's first anita's going to leave leave us with a verse in just a moment but do go and get her story uh the file and you can find that on joyshop.org and anita what scripture do you want to leave with our listeners today
1: well my life-changing verse was matthew 6 33 and if any of you know that chapter and the preceding verses Jesus is sitting on the mountain or standing, and he's talking to thousands of people who are hungry to hear what he has to say. And he says, don't worry about your life. You know, why are you worried about the clothes you wear and the food you eat? But instead of worrying, he says in verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. And the day that God brought that verse to light in my heart was the day I realized that I was not seeking him first. I, and first means first, you know, first priority, first thing uh, that I was seeking him, but not first. And I realized all these things I was asking for him in my life to help me with. I mean, that verse has a promise. If you seek him first, then all these things are added to you. And honestly, it wasn't till I started seeking him first, being in relationship with him first, that he started adding things to my life. And that's the only reason I started my workshop. I wanted to share this secret, which it isn't a secret, uh, because it's right there for anyone to read. But I want to encourage people, seek him first and see what happens in your life.
0: Well, you do that so beautifully. And just to clarify, when we accept Jesus as our personal savior and believe in him, there are no strings attached. That's a belief, that's a faith. There's nothing we do. We accept the gift. But if we want to grow and develop, there are some things we need to do. So make sure you make that distinction if you're listening, that we don't earn our salvation. There's nothing that Anita could have done that would have gained her salvation. That's a free gift that we receive, uh-huh. but in order to have this abundant life, this joy, this is where our action, and there are things that we can do. Anita, Kegi, you have blessed me, and I'll tell you if you can bless me on this uh, show today, on this podcast, I know that those listening are just ready to tomorrow morning, or whenever's best for them, they're going to go and take God's word. And you know what I say to my, my friends that I'm speaking to, I say, take that word of God and embrace it. Yeah. Make mm-hmm. it part of you, just love his word so much. And I know that that's what you do, you embrace God's word. So we just encourage all of you listening, embrace it in a new way. If you don't know the Lord as your savior, he makes all the difference. He's redemptive, he's restorative, he is your savior, your Lord, that's your free gift. But Anita, you have so blessed us today. Thank you so much for joining me. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear from people how your story, how God has worked out these details in your life because you've sought him first. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Ruth. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca. Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.